0: What's going on, everybody? It's Athea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're so glad you guys are here today. And by we, I mean me. I don't know. There's there's nobody else hosting this, but you know what I mean. I'm glad you're here and uh, super excited. We're going to jump right into today's content. Talking about what happens if porn persists long enough, this is not a doom and gloom episode. But I think the, the reality is when you engage in porno- pornography or other sexual misbehavior, your brain starts to get a little bit short-circuited and you sort of lose that propensity to think long-term and to consider long-term outcomes. And as a result, that's that's why a lot of the clients that we work with, unfortunately, maybe not all of them, but a, a good chunk they just they let this thing go way too long you know they thought they'd do it on their own they thought that somehow it would get better they thought that they had it more under control than they really did and then bam they're having an affair bam they get caught the wife wants to leave bam they lose their job because they got caught watching it on the company laptop bam their church leader dismisses them bam you know whatever it is you can kind of fill in the blanks there Uh, Something really bad happens and then it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize what I was doing. So this is for all of you proactive people out there, those of you that are a bit more preventative in your thinking and you know that if you are quicker to act before a a situation persists, that you could actually prevent long-term consequences. So if you are of that opinion or of that mindset, then I have some really solid input for you today. Really quick, uh, I just want to ask very kindly if you'd be willing to leave a rating or review for this podcast. They help us so much uh, into, into just getting the word out and letting people know that this podcast has valuable content. So uh, I'm not going to belabor this point, but I'll just say like those of you that have, we have over 75 ratings on Apple alone. Those ratings mean the world to me. Tons of you leaving comments um, like Essential Recovery Listening, Get Ready for Action, tremendous podcast. Guys, these mean the world to me personally. I love reading these. I take them to heart. But secondly, uh, this is going to signal to other people out there who need help, who are looking for valuable resources that they can find it here and you just don't know whose life you might change in the process. So thank you in advance and kind to ask over. Let's jump into it. So, I've already kind of given a bit of a prequel here, but if you are struggling with a porn addiction or some sort of compulsive sexual misbehavior, let me give you uh, the probably the four most common places where these situations eventually end up. Number one, probably top of the list is paying for sex. And I, I realize that sounds extreme. I realize that for most of you struggling, That probably feels like a, oh, I would never do that. Just so you know, that's what every single person who has ever paid for sex told themselves. I would never do that. Uh, When the idea came up, it felt far removed from them. Like, I don't even know how I would do that. You know what I mean? Like, it it felt so off in the distance. But all it took was a little bit pushing the boundaries there, a little bit furthering things here, And a couple inopportune moments and bam, they're doing the thing they thought they would never do. The same way that you told yourself you would never watch porn past a certain age or at a certain stage of life. The same way that you told yourself you would quit one day, but then you didn't. Um, That's what the whole pain for sex thing is. We interviewed Benji Nolot, who is going to... He Oh no, did we release this episode? I'm just taking a look through. Um, no, I think his, his episode's a little bit later um, But anyways, we're going to release an episode with Benji um, And he, oh, sorry, it, it was last week I, I just totally glossed over it Benji talked about how in their study They spent five years studying people Who basically spent their money at brothels And, you know, regularly bought sex And um, hired prostitutes and he said that they came from different stages of life, different ages, young and poor, different places in the world, different socioeconomic status, different upbringings, different you know cultural value systems. But the one thing that all of these people had in common was they started watching internet pornography at a young age. So just let that one sink in for a minute. You know, I think sometimes we don't realize the gravity of what we're dealing with because porn has become so prevalent. It's almost like we've become a little bit apathetic about it when in reality, it is a major, major issue that can have severe consequences if left untreated. The second thing we see is infidelity. And this is a very sad, sad reality of of the subject. I wish it wasn't true because I have such a high regard for marriage and the covenant of marriage and the sanctity of covenant with another person, let alone with God. And infidelity to me is just absolutely devastating. I've been cheated on, you know, uh, not in my marriage, but was cheated on uh, when I was dating a girl in university and it broke me like it, it was devastating, you know, and I was just a 19-year-old kid, um, but what we see now are, you know, people who are married, sometimes with their long-term partner, you know, they high school sweethearts, or they've been together for years and years, decades sometimes, they've had kids together, they've moved together, they've started to maybe not grow old together, but they've gone through major, major seasons of life together, um, all to be lost through infidelity. And the one thing that infidelity and pain for sex have in common is that they are typically imagined several times over as a imprint or sort of a runway to the actual act. So uh, I can remember when I was probably 16 years old, 15 years old, I remember when I struggled with pornography thinking, man, one day I'm going to be an adult, I'm going to have agency, I'm going to have my own car, do the things I want, I'm going to go hire a prostitute because I wanted to know what the experience was like. That was that was the actual thinking. It was just like this this screen stuff is no longer fully enough. I'm starting to think about what would it be like to pay for sex. What would it be like to to actually you know engage with someone physically and It's just funny that my thoughts went there. Like I obviously was not generating enough interest from women. Otherwise, I probably could have taken that avenue, but that that would be a lot of work as well, comparatively, to just going to a place where you could just pay a bit of money and kind of get your fill. And I remember having that thought. Now, by God's grace, it never got to that point for me, but uh, one of our guests on the podcast coming up, and I think it's about three weeks, his name is Nate Larkin, and Nate actually shares about how He had basically imagined this sort of scene playing out, and then one day he picked somebody up, um, and not not with the intent of paying for sex, he actually was just um, intending to give them a ride. He was a pastor, and he wanted to be a kind guy, and he could tell that um, she looked a bit lost, and then it turns out she was actually a prostitute, and the scene that was in his head over and over again was starting to play out in real life. And um, I'll I'll save the rest of the details for you for when the episode comes out. But that stuff really does matter, and so um, just be careful, okay. Third thing we see is relationship deterioration. Now, obviously, if infidelity if infidelity takes place, then it's a given. But if porn persists long enough, your capacity for intimacy starts to shrink, and the reason that your your spouse or your significant other can tell that something's off, and usually they're they're quite you know, they're in the know, even if you don't let them know, they they know, oh yeah, something something's off. He he's probably he must be watching porn or something. The reason they can tell that is because they can actually feel you pulling away, or I would say more specifically, they they can feel that at an emotional level, you're not as accessible. And porn does this for two reasons. Number one is because it medicates the uncomfortable emotions that we experience. And so that medication creates a, a layer of insulation between us and other people. But number two is the, the shame of our struggle, uh, the, the sort of cheap fast food fill of intimacy that we get from pornography. Basically, it, it allows us to sort of um, reason that we don't need somebody else. And uh, that maybe it would be better if we didn't open up because if we did open up, we would get found out. And if we got found out, then it would create worse problems. So it's better to get as close to someone as we possibly can without actually having to cross the line of intimacy because that would be really uncomfortable. And then that would risk discovery. And if we get discovered, then who knows what we could lose in the process. Very selfish kind of thinking that we fall into. But ultimately, this starts to erode your relationships. And if you're not in a romantic relationship, then it's going to start to erode your friendships or the relationships with your family members. There's no limit. um, There's no specifics around this. It's just relationships in general deteriorate when you watch porn. The fourth thing is spiritual neglect. Maybe the biggest one here, especially because of the shame factor. So if you are a person of faith uh, or you at least have a moral framework that does not allow for behaviors like viewing pornography Well, you're going to feel the the shame and the disconnect at a spiritual level, or I suppose if God wasn't part of your life, you would feel the disconnect um, from who you really want to be or those virtues and values. Now, however you want to slice this, that neglect really starts to erode our sense of self and more indirectly, our sense of purpose. So, these are the things that happen if porn persists long enough. Now, I said I don't want to be doom and gloom about this. Here's what I want to let you guys know. Okay. Number one is I did need to paint a picture of what things look like because I want you guys to understand that you are playing, you're not just playing with fire, you're playing with a a flamethrower. Like, this is a major, major problem, and we have to be so, so careful. Um, Number two, I want to let you know that now is the time for you to quit porn. Not. Not yesterday, that would have been great, but yesterday's gone. And not tomorrow, because you can't afford to go another day. Like, look at the things that are on the line here if this continues. I just picked the four major ones, but we could do an episode about 40 of them if we really had the time. Because the the list is endless. There are so many reasons why you should quit porn. and, And if you don't, you simply delay... The risk of getting caught, the risk of falling into more extreme or riskier behavior. Um, and then the disconnection from the people you lo- love the most, God being at the very top of that list. So this is this is your kick in the butt. This is your sign. This is your like whatever. you know, I think it's crazy that people wait for a sign to like make decisions on this stuff. Like like we need a sign to eliminate sin from our lives. Like what kind of people are we, what kind of believers are we if, if that is our mindset around tolerating sin in our personal lives? It's ridiculous. I mean, you don't need a sign. There's no such thing as the right time. There is the wrong time though. And the wrong time is tomorrow. Tomorrow is the worst time that you could, that you could select to get free. Yesterday was the best time Today is your second best option. So I want to just encourage you guys. And what we're going to talk about, um, I think on Friday is how to get started. Because maybe you're like, okay, Cynthia, I know you got your program. I know you're probably trying to pitch that. Like, I kn- I know that you got your different things going on here. But I'm not ready for your program, or I'm not you know ready for whatever. I don't want anybody involved in this. Where can I get started? We're going to talk about that on Friday, so you can stay tuned for then. And um, and what we'll talk about t- in the next two days as well is really um. It'll be helpful for you in that arena. But all I can say is just make a move. Take a step. Do something today that is going to further your journey. Stop waiting for tomorrow. It's just not worth it. And if you are interested in what we're doing, um, then I have a free Facebook group. I have my book, The Last Relapse, and I'm on Instagram every single day. All the links to those things are in the show notes. So God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. I'm cheering you on. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.